You're listening to the following program on TFN Audio from the Fantasy Network, where independent creators and fans of fantasy, sci-fi, horror, and gaming meet to create, stream, and support the shows that they love. Creator-distributed, fan-supported, that's TFN. Find this and many more great programs at watch.thefantasy.network slash audio. Stephen D. Sullivan and St. Euphoria present... Atomic Tales! Stories of science, mystery, and excitement. This episode features the latest installment in our fantastic original series, Strange Invaders. Tonight, agents of the U.S. Science Bureau investigate a mysterious train wreck in Rattletrap. Join us now as we present another in our continuing series of... Atomic Tales! That'll wreck your day for sure. Agent 4 said, gazing at the shadowed railroad trestle and the half-dozen ruined cars lying in the sloping ravine. Hey, Agent 3? I nodded as the late afternoon sun cast long, dark shadows across the wreckage. The two-day-old crash site smelled of dry grass, machine oil, fractured timber, and a whole lot of dust. Lucky it was just a freight train or a lot more folks could have been killed. One gully in the entire region and this train dives into it. Observed Agent 8, Wild Bill Hayes, as he loped to the defile's edge. Nebraska is pretty flat, but here in the southwest near Colorado you still find ravines and small canyons. Bill rubbed his backside. It'd been a bumpy ride from the little airport in Grand Island. Two people dead and two missing. But we're here to look for someone who's dead before the accident. Can't blame the railroad for being more concerned with their personnel than Dr. Hedison's corpse, I remarked. They don't know that body might hold the key to the country's secret battle against the giant bugs. Speaking of railroad agents... Agent 4 hooked his thumb toward a pair of men who'd parked next to our agency Studebaker. You those government types? A tall, dark-haired man in jeans and a khaki shirt called as he and a shorter, similarly dressed blonde man ambled toward us. U.S. Science Bureau, I said, shaking hands. I'm Agent Suzanne. I'm in charge of this investigation, and these are Agents Alec and Bill. I'm Bellows, and this is Coffee, said the taller man. From the insurance company. Coffee laughed. <laughs> A woman in charge? If that don't beat all. Anything new? I asked, ignoring him. While I spoke with the insurance men, Agent 4, Alec Boom Boom Murphy, and Agent 8 searched for the best way to the gorge's bottom. We're dressed in resilient blue-gray agency jumpsuits for the occasion and brought along climbing equipment. Four toted his usual backpack of infernal devices as well. How's the hospitalized engineer, I asked. Bellows shrugged. He's babbling about bright lights coming at him and then hearing war drums and screams when he woke at the top of the ravine. Delirious, then, I said. Though actually, the engineer's rantings intrigued me. Any reports of seeing lights in the sky or other strange occurrences? Not that I've heard, Bellows replied. These timbers are rotted, Coffee announced, dusting his hands off after a cursory exam of the scene. Clear case of the railroad neglecting to maintain this rattletrap trestle. Our company shouldn't have to pay for this. Agent 4 frowned. This girder looks partly melted. Take out a few of those and the whole structure would come down. Probably melted in the fire after the crash, Coffee responded. No signs of fire here. Agent 8 put in. Sabotage? Bellows asked. 
We just need to review all the evidence, I replied, and we can't do that from up here. Coffee blanched. You're not suggesting we go down there? Bellows laughed. Bill, Alec, you figured out the best way down yet? I asked. There's a wash over here that looks passable, Rocky. Agent 4, Alec, indicated a spot ten yards away. I rigged some safety lines. And let's get to it. Daylight's wasting. Agent 8 shook his head as we descended. When I transferred to the Reno office, I think Donna was hoping I'd bring home less dirty laundry. I don't see why we need to trudge down here at all. Coffee complained, dusting off his work clothes when we reached the bottom. An unsettling silence filled the ravine. Broken timbers and twisted steel lay all around us, and the remains of the six-carriage train snaked up the side of the gorge like a kid's busted Lionel set. The gully's air smelled more strongly of iron, fuel oil, and shattered lumber, along with the musky dampness. You science folks always packing heat on your investigations? Bellows asked, as my fellow agents and I checked our sidearms. We like to be prepared, I replied. Like the Boy Scouts. Four added with a smile. Might be coyotes or something down here. Eight concluded. Coffee looked nervously up and down the defile. I didn't spot any coyotes or any sign of the steel coffin we'd shipped Dr. Hedison's body in either. We're going to have to check inside all these train cars, Rocky? Eight asked. I nodded. Searchers examine the cars for survivors. Bellows noted. Just what are you people looking for? Coffee asked suspiciously. Science stuff. Four replied. Hey, Alec, give me a hand with this. Eight said. He pulled on the side door of a freight car resting at the bottom of the gorge, but it didn't budge. Sure thing. Four replied, grabbing hold. You know, there's a better way to get this open. As usual, Alec was aching to blow something up. There should be a door on the other side, too, I commented. One that might not be stuck. Is that thunder? Coffee wondered, gazing at the sky above the ravine. I heard the noise, too, like distant drumming. No, it seems to be coming from... With a tortured groan and a shower of rust, the cargo door that Eight and Four were tugging on cracked open. Eight laughed. Hey, the door on the other side's open. Look out! I cried. Suddenly, the stuck door rolled back completely and out of the boxcar sprang a nightmare. The snake was at least 30 feet long, thick as a beer barrel, and covered with fist-sized ochre and brown scales. Its reptilian eyes glowed yellow-green in the canyon's semi-darkness. The air thundered with the drum-like sound from its rattling tail. The creature smelled like rotten meat. Agent 4 hit the deck, but the monster rattler's fangs tore open the leg of Eighth's jumpsuit as it sprang. Bill screamed and fell hard into the side of the rail car, but he wasn't the enormous serpent's target. Coffee didn't even have time to cry out as the serpent's jaws clamped around his body. The chubby insurance man stiffened and died as the snake injected him with enough venom to kill 20 men. I put a pair of shots into the back of the rattler's head as it dropped Coffee's corpse, but the bullets didn't pierce the thing's scales. The enormous serpent whipped around in my direction. Between me and it, Bellows was scrambling up the side of the ravine trying to escape. Running prey makes an easy target. The giant rattler coiled and sprang, sinking its fangs deep once more. Bellows' high-pitched wail echoed through the defile as the monster killed him. But his death bought the rest of us a few extra seconds. Alec, I called. When I lead it past, drop the engine on it. Right. Four replied, racing uphill to the wrecked locomotive, well away from where Bill lay injured. Alec fished in his backpack for the right gear. Hey, snake! I shouted, firing at its head again. 
As it turned, I ran up the gully and into the shadows as fast as I could, praying I judged my distances right. The rattler's coil strike missed my back by two or three yards. I gagged and almost tripped as the musky odor of its gaping maw washed over me. Undeterred, the giant reptile resumed the chase, its huge bulk shoving aside rocks and crushing the dry grass at the gully's bottom as it came after me. The monster sounded like a rushing whirlwind on my tail. I wanted to take another shot at it, but I didn't dare slow down. Rocky, look out! Alex shouted, and Brute's awful odor surged over me again. Death was coming, and this time it wouldn't miss. The snake hissed and fell back as two well-placed shots took out its right eye. I glanced back just long enough to see that Wild Bill, bleeding leg and all, had rejoined the fight. The hulk of the derailed locomotive's engine boomed before me two dozen yards uphill to my right. Now, Alec, now! I cried as the mutant snake closed in once more. My bones shook and the canyon thundered with Boom Boom Murphy's carefully placed blast. The train engine dislodged from its perch and hurtled to the bottom of the ravine in a cloud of dust and rocks. The gigantic serpent turned toward the new threat, but the locomotive rolled right over it, flattening the monster like roadkill. The snake's thunderous rattle shook frantically for a few long moments, and then stopped. Four, eight, and I put a dozen more shots into the thing's eyes just to make sure it was dead. You okay, Bill? I asked. It gave me a nice cut, but... I don't think I got poisoned. Eight replied. I'd feel it if I was, right? Yeah. Four agreed. You probably wouldn't be gabbing so much. Who wants to gab? I'd rather be in Reno relaxing by the pool with Donna. Eight replied. That leg wound might get you your wish, I noted, at least for a couple of weeks. The three of us gazed at the giant snake's body as it rapidly disintegrated into a foul-smelling ooze. Just like the damn bugs, I observed. The scope of our little war had expanded again. Well, at least we're not going to have to cut that sucker open to see if it swallowed Hedison's coffin. Eight observed. Agent Ford chuckled. Yeah. But Rocky's not going to get 16 pair of snakeskin boots out of this ruckus, either. I'm just happy to escape with my own skin intact, I replied. Too bad those insurance boys can't say the same. Agent Four smiled grimly. Don't worry. He said. I'm sure that the guys who come to investigate what happened to them will chalk it up to railroad negligence. There are three paths presented to you. Dice Tower Theater presents Dawn of Dragons, a fantasy audio drama. More old and tense, I should have you exiled. Time to meet. The sunless. <laughs> Dice Tower Theater, now appearing on TFN Audio from the Fantasy Network. Creator distributed, fan supported. This has been an original story of Strange Invaders, part of our ongoing series of Atomic Tales. Brought to you by St. Euphoria Productions. Tonight's episode, Rattle Trap, was written by Stephen D. Sullivan. It was produced and edited by Christopher R. Mim and read by Rachel Grubb, who also played Agent 3, Suzanne Rocky Rockford. And it featured Elliot Mim as Agent 4, Alec Boom Boom Murphy, Joe George as Agent 8, William Wild Bill Hayes, plus Peter Danbury as Mr. Bellows, and me as Mr. Coffee, the insurance man. Be sure to tune in next month for more Atomic Tales. Please support the films of Christopher R. Mim at SaintEuphoria.com and the work of Stephen D. Sullivan via his Patreon at PaySteve.com. 
Join the conversation at the Monster Conservancy at SaveMonsters.com. All elements of this episode are copyright 2021 by their creators and may not be reproduced or reused without permission. Atomic Tales and Strange Invaders are trademarks of Stephen D. Sullivan, all rights reserved. This is the St. Euphoria Audiocast Network.